0: section six of selected interviews with robert g ingersoll volume one this librivox recording is in the public domain interviewer's questions read by michelle fry baton rouge louisiana ingersoll's responses read by edward kirkby warwick england interview title reply to chicago critics printed in the chicago tribune september thirtieth eighteen eighty first question have you read the replies of the clergy to your recent lecture in this city on what must we do to be saved and if so what do you think of them
1: i think they dodge the point the real point is this if salvation by faith is the real doctrine of christianity i asked on sunday before last and i still ask why didn't matthew tell it I still insist that mark should have remembered it and I shall always believe that Luke ought at least to have noticed it I was endeavoring to show that modern Christianity has for its basis an Interpolation I think I showed it the only gospel on the Orthodox side is that of John and that was certainly not written or did not appear in its present form until long after the others were written I know very well that the catholic church claimed during the dark ages and still claims that references had been made to the Gospels by Persons living in the first second and third centuries But I believe such manuscripts were manufactured by the catholic church For many years in Europe there was not one person in 20,000 who could read and write during that time the church had in its keeping the literature of our world they interpolated as they pleased they created they destroyed in other words they did whatever in their opinion was necessary to substantiate the faith the gentleman who saw fit to reply did not answer the question and I again call upon the clergy to Explain to the people why if salvation depends upon the belief on the Lord Jesus Christ Matthew didn't mention it Someone has said that Christ didn't make known his doctrine of salvation by belief or faith until after his resurrection Certainly none of the Gospels were written until after his resurrection And if he made that doctrine known after his resurrection and before his ascension It should have been in Matthew Mark and Luke as well as in John The replies of the clergy show that they have not investigated the subject that they are not well acquainted with the New Testament in other words, they have not read it except with a regulation theological bias There is one thing. I wish to correct here in an editorial in the tribune It was stated that I had admitted that Christ was beyond and above Buddha Zorastor Confucius and others I did not say so Another point was made against me and those who made it seemed to think it was a good one in my lecture I asked why it was that the disciples of Christ wrote in Greek, whereas, in fact, they understood only Hebrew. It is now claimed that Greek was the language of Jerusalem at that time, that Hebrew had fallen into disuse, that no one understood it except the literati and the highly educated. If I fell into an error upon this point, it was because I relied upon the New Testament. I find in the twenty-first chapter of the acts an account of Paul having been mobbed in the city of jerusalem That he was protected by a chief captain and some soldiers That while upon the stairs of the castle to which he was being taken for protection He obtained leave from the captain to speak unto the people in the fortieth verse of that chapter I find the following and when he had given him license paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with a hand unto the people and when there was made a great silence he spake unto them in the hebrew tongue saying and then follows the speech of paul wherein he gives an account of his conversion it seems a little curious to me that paul for the purpose of quieting a mob would speak to that mob in an unknown language if I were mobbed in the city of Chicago and wished to defend myself with an explanation I certainly would not make that explanation in Choctaw even if I understood that tongue My present opinion is that I would speak in English and the reason I would speak in English is because that language is generally understood in this city and so I conclude from the account in the 21st chapter of the Acts that Hebrew was the language of Jerusalem at that time Paul would not have addressed the mob in that tongue
0: Did you read mr. Courtney's answer
1: I? Read what mr. Courtney read from others and think some of his quotations very good and Have no doubt that the authors will feel complimented by being quoted There certainly is no need of me answering dr. Courtney sometime I may answer the French gentleman from whom he quoted
0: what about there being belief in matthew
1: mr courtney says that certain people were cured of diseases on account of faith admitting that mumps measles and whooping cough could be cured in that way there is not even a suggestion that salvation depended upon a like faith i think he can hardly afford to rely upon the miracles of the new testament to prove his doctrine there was one instance in which a miracle was performed by Christ without his knowledge and I hardly think that even mr Courtney would insist that any faith could have been great enough for that The fact is I believe that all these miracles were ascribed to Christ long after his death and that Christ never at any time or place pretended to have any supernatural power whatever Neither do I believe that he claimed any supernatural origin he Claims simply to be a man no less no more. I do not believe mr Courtney is satisfied with his own reply
0: and Now as to professor swing
1: Mr.. Swing has been out of the Orthodox Church so long that he seems to have forgotten the reasons for which he left it I do not believe there is an Orthodox minister in the city of Chicago Who will agree with mr. Swing that salvation by faith is no longer preached? Professor Swings seems to think it is of no importance who wrote the Gospel of Matthew in this I agree with him Judging from what he said there is hardly difference enough of opinion between us to justify a reply on his part He however makes one mistake I did not in the lecture say one word about tearing down churches I have no objection to people building all the churches they wish while I admit it is a pretty sight to see children on a morning in june going through the fields to the country church I still insist that the beauty of that sight does not answer the question How it is that Matthew forgot to say anything about salvation through Christ? Professor swing is a man of poetic temperament, but this is not a poetic question
0: How did the card of dr. Thomas strike you
1: I think the reply of dr. Thomas is in the best possible spirit I regard him today as the best intellect in the Methodist denomination He seems to have what is generally understood as a Christian spirit He has always treated me with perfect fairness, and I should have said long ago many grateful things Had I not feared I might hurt him with his own people He seems to be by nature a perfectly fair man And I know of no man in the United States for whom I have a profounder respect of course, I don't agree with Dr. Thomas. I think in many things he is mistaken, but I believe him to be perfectly sincere. There is one trouble about him. He is growing, and this fact will no doubt give great trouble to many of his brethren. Certain Methodist hazelbrush feel a little uneasy in the shadow of his oak. To see the difference between him and some others all that is necessary is to read his reply and then read the remarks made at the methodist ministers meeting on the monday following compared with dr thomas they are as puddles by the sea there is the same difference that there is between sewers and rivers cesspools and springs
0: what have you to say to the remarks of the Reverend Dr. Jewett before the Methodist ministers' meeting?
1: I think Dr. Jewett is extremely foolish. I did not say that I would commence suit against a minister for libel. I can hardly conceive of a proceeding that would be less liable to produce a dividend. The fact about it is that the Reverend Mr. Jewett seems to think anything true that he hears against me. Mr. Jewett is probably ashamed of what he said by this time. He must have known it to be entirely false. It seems to me, by this time, even the most bigoted should lose their confidence in falsehood. Of course, there are times when a falsehood, well told, bridges over quite a difficulty. But in the long run you had better tell the truth, even if you swim the creek. I am astonished that these ministers were willing to exhibit their wounds to the world. I suppose, of course, I would hit some, but I had no idea of wounding so many.
0: Mr. Crafts stated that you were in the habit of swearing in company and before your family
1: I Often swear in other words I take the name of God in vain that is to say I take it without any practical thing Resulting from it and in that sense I think most ministers are guilty of the same thing I Heard an old story of a clergyman who rebuked a neighbor for swearing to whom the neighbor replied you pray and I swear but as a matter of fact neither of us means anything by it As to the charge that I am in the habit of using indecent language in my family No, reply is needed I'm willing to leave that question to the people who know us both Mr.. Crafts says he was told this by a lady this cannot by any possibility be true for no lady will tell a falsehood besides if this woman of whom he speaks was a lady how did she happen to stay where obscene language was being used no lady ever told mr Crafts any such thing it may be that a lady did tell him that I used profane language I admit that I have not always spoken of the devil in a respectful way that I have sometimes referred to his residence When it was not a necessary part of the conversation and that at divers times I've used a good deal of the terminology of the theologian when the exact words of the scientist might have done as well But if by swearing is meant the use of God's name in vain there are very few preachers who do not swear More than I do if by in vain is meant without any practical result I leave mr. Crafts to cultivate the acquaintance of the unknown lady knowing as I do that after they have talked this matter over again They will find that both have been mistaken I sincerely regret the clergymen who really believe that an infinite God is on their side think it necessary to resort to such things to defeat one man, according to their idea. God is against me, and they ought to have confidence in his infinite wisdom and strength to suppose that he could dispose of one man, even if they failed to say a word against me. Had you not asked me, I should have said nothing to you on these topics. Such charges cannot hurt me. I do not believe it possible for such men to injure me. No one believes what they say, and the testimony of such clergymen against an infidel is no longer considered of value. I believe it was Goethe who said, I always know that I am travelling when I hear the dogs bark.
0: Are you going to make a formal reply to their sermons?
1: Not Unless something better is done than has been of course. I don't know what another sabbath may bring forth I'm waiting but of one thing I feel perfectly assured that no man in the United States or in the world can account for the fact if We are to be saved only by faith in Christ that Matthew forgot it That Luke said nothing about it and that mark never mentioned it except in two passages written by another person until that is answered as one grave digger says to the other in hamlet i shall say ah tell me that and unyoke in the meantime i wish to keep on the best terms with all parties concerned i cannot see why my forgiving spirit fails to gain their sincere praise
0: end of reply to chicago critics